Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at TomBernardShow.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18-hole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to TomBernardShow.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. TomBernardShow.com. Keyword passport. This is probably the weirdest and last Car Selling Secrets episode for a while. We have some tons of guests in the studio, which we'll introduce shortly. Um, this is no longer sponsored by anybody because as of last Friday, I was terminated from my position. <laughs> Although they've got a unique deal. They let you go at 4.30 in the afternoon and they pay you right up until 5 o'clock. Oh, wow. Wow. half an hour that's, of extra that's money. That's pretty sweet. That's what we call a, a, a balloon. We, in, in the car business, they call that the GTFO yeah. package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's great? I don't even need a mic. I can just talk like this. Oh, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It really sounds really like good. you're right next to a you're all, you're all classic Neumann. Yeah, that's a Neumann, exactly. Joining us in studio to my right. Uh, Tim Slagle. Uh, uh, Mike Gelfand, sidekick. Tommy Ryman. And last and certainly least. Uh, Patrick Groflo. Okay, state, so state representative and sports fan. I don't know. <laughs> so, the original show, uh, we were going to pair uh, Pat and Mike up and talk about politics. Uh, uh, Pat's a Republican in the uh, state legislature, and we've got some comedians. Let's talk about Crash and Burn Wait, first. Yeah, you could get a little closer oh, to the what mic. Well, Honestly, share go, a mic. I'm going to go call into the show. <laughs> there you go. Honestly, I could send him a StreamYard link on his phone. That could work. Okay, I'll go. Sure. Thing that, no, yeah. This is gonna be come, all full of shit. come in the producer booth and I'll get that set up. <laughs> go ahead. People hey. often ask me what podcasting is like, and I tell them you really don't want to know. Usually it's not. Basically, like this. any asshole with a laptop and a USB uh, microphone is a mm -hmm. podcaster. So let's talk yeah. Crash and Burn. Uh, Crash and Burn is uh, this week. This is uh, uh, this will be the third show tonight uh, at AcmeComedyComedy.com. Uh, what it is, is uh, 12, uh, 13 years ago, I decided to invite uh, three other comedians to join me putting together uh, uh, new sets. So we just have a couple rules. Is Tuesday night you have to go out on stage with uh, comedy material that you've never done on any stage before anywhere. And uh, so it's just reading straight out of the notebook. And then uh, the, the four of us get together all week and we work on that material and uh, work it out every single night through uh, all the shows. And hopefully, uh, by Saturday, we have a, uh, uh, we all have a brand new 20 minutes of comedy. Which, for, and I know a little bit about how comedians work. That, to develop a 20-minute set or whatever, normally takes a lot of work. It's, so this yeah, is really, oh, it's, yeah, it's I mean, very, it can it's be very, like a year very intensive. Right? It's very intensive. Tommy actually lives in town. Uh, but but I'm I'm making him stay at the hotel so that he doesn't have any distractions. So that, you know, we uh, we we do the show. We give each other notes. We go to bed. We get up. We write. There's room checks. He makes sure I'm there. Uh -huh. It's like right. prison. Right. It's like no prison. women. Yeah. No women. Yeah. It's it's. I thought there was going to be more activities like water slides. That's right. Mini golf. So but you know. It's just right. Camaraderie building exercises, yeah. fall off the ladder. You were looking no. for the Hilton, you got travel lodge, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of material there. Right, yeah, no, yeah, the 20 minutes is all just about me staying in the hotel. 
no. So <laughs> how, how fat, how good does it get by the end? Because that's a, like I say, that's a really compressed period. It's time. a, yeah, it's a real fun transition. And, and a lot of, uh, a lot of hardcore comedy fans will come multiple nights throughout the week so that they can see, or at least, you know, if you come in Tuesday and come in Saturday, you're going to almost see two, two totally completely different, different shows. shows. Yeah, so it's a, it's fascinating to watch if you if you like to see the sausage getting made, so to speak. And who doesn't? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's why that's why I'm not a sports fan anymore because I saw it being made in the locker rooms when I covered the Twins. After that, you can't root for anyone. Yeah. I don't I don't want to hear about sausage being made in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, now that's a different story. I could tell you who had the biggest sausage, but I won't. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, inquiring. No, we don't want to. Well, know. Uh, well no, actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Who had the All right, I, I, I can't tell you except that it was Vita Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Recently passed, didn't he? Die this summer? I think he did. I think he did, yeah. yeah. Had an erection and uh, all the blood rushed out of his head. Well, let me just say, I saw, I, I saw the obit and it was like 16 inches long. Oh God! Wow. <laughs> That one uh, brought everything to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to go with that. Mike. Yeah, we're all visually choking up. We're all visualizing choking up on that bat. <laughs> so you guys have three more shows tonight, Friday and Saturday? Yeah, we have tonight. Uh, uh, oh, and tonight, tonight's a, a real special thing because we always give notes uh, uh, to the other comics after the show. But Thursday night, we let the audience stay and we do the notes right on stage. So actually, even if you, you know, even if you didn't see the show, if you might have seen a previous show you know, earlier in the week, uh, you want to come in after the show and sit down so at the club, and we'll do the the notes. Do you write notes that are supposed trying to crack the audience up, like that joke so old it's in the Bible? Or uh, well, yeah, that was funny. I was it was an illustration. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I I just became you know angry and vicious. Just really, you know, I don't know what happens. Comics come in, I don't get a laugh, and then immediately I flip. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, it's like politics. All right, I think maybe we might have Tom with us. Oh, uh -oh. oh. I've never liked the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Identify yourself. He's calling into his own show. God, you know, ten minutes ago he was here, and now he's calling in from New Brighton. He couldn't get yeah. away fast enough. So I have a question for Tom and Mike, now that the uh, Twins are progressing in the playoffs. I think it was about the middle of June. You guys went on a, like a three-hour rant about how shitty the Twins were. Are you still following the team, or well, did you give actually, up? Well, actually, I think on? it was how mediocre they were, you know. And they no, do have. No, I think we've got it. They do have the word. Well, actually, if you, you if you'd been here and did listened, did you read the transcript? If you'd been here and listened, I mean, in the last last three or four weeks, I was talking about how they could honestly win at least two games, and which they've done now. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean they won't win another game, but this team changed a lot in the last say, six to eight weeks. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, Everything just kind of came together. I was together. actually here in August, if you remember, and uh, I was concerned that the Twins were going to get into the playoffs Yeah. and uh, <laughs> uh, screw up the crash and burn because there's no parking when the Twins play. And I was assured on this very podcast that there was no, no way <laughs> the Twins would ever be in the playoffs, <laughs> that you were going to have great attendance and ample parking for crash and burn. They would have had to lose like 25 straight games by mid-August. I mean, they were the only team in the division trying to win. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's just, let's just throttle back our expectations. Expectations here. I mean, the biggest the biggest change oh, yeah. in the last, and again, I'm happy they won, but the biggest change they had the last 
six weeks of the season is they had one of the weakest schedules in Major League Baseball. And and they That's had Royce thing. Lewis too. Yeah, what yeah. a machine. What I mean, who knew? Story. Yeah, he. I mean, because he single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, but he was you know, one of the the biggest. You take him away, they weren't going to win Game One. Right. So, yeah. uh, but he's made a huge difference too. But you know, and he's he's never been able to stay healthy very long. But yeah. no, this this team now. I mean, it it, it is true that people people did underestimate them. People were saying, you know, like, oh, the Arias trade was horrible. They wouldn't be here without the Arias trade either. Yeah. Right. So no. a lot of things went right. No, they did, and it's a uh, you know just my I had to call my son yesterday and explain to this feeling that he was having. I'm like, what you're experiencing is joy. This is like a, Min a Minnesota team winning in a playoff series. This is, you know. But uh, it, we're it, still Charlie Brown, and they're still Lucy holding the football. It's just. No, but I mean, the, the thing is, they, they beat Toronto in a two-game series at home. That's good. They're going to go down to Houston. You know, and I, I, listen, I'm out of the business of making sports predictions after the last couple of years, but the, the Astros have been very poor at home this year. And they're quite full of themselves. That's true. They're much better on the road. They are. Which and is so, weird, yeah. And so, and I, I don't want to get carried away here, but when I was watching this team celebrate and this, the plays that are going on, it's kind of got a 1987 vibe. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Really, the Absolutely. young team, no one gives them a, any chances. No, They didn't get the memo they're supposed to lose. It <laughs> seems like they like each other. Um, I would have liked to have been there when Thiel had been there at Tom's place. Or you were actually at the game, but when Thielbar came in, you had to lose oh, yeah. all hope, right? Yes, you're absolutely right. I was like, oh, God, what are we doing here? And then Jax can be a little rough, too. When yeah. he came in, I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing? You're right. But Griffin Jax turned everything. He turned the whole vibe around when he, instead of tagging the runner, tackled him. It's <laughs> <laughs> a picture-perfect tackle. I think, what I was think, that all about? What I, was the deal? Like, well, he, he was afraid the guy was going like, to run around him or something? Well, in, in sports, we call that making a statement. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was an incredibly foolish play, you know, because he could have just gotten the ball, stepped back, thrown to first. Now, that said, he had the right-of-way. A lot of fans don't know that, but the fielder has the right of way. Right. It's up to the runner not to crash into. Right. So he did, you know, he did absolutely everything right. But and and if he had dropped the ball, the runner still would have been called out. So it was a win-win, except for the fact that he may have injured himself. <laughs> he just demolished the guy. I was like, is this what they, they practice this? this what to well, do? he does have a military background. You know that's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he was in the Air Force, as I recall. No, but no, I was just glad to see those guys win, and we'll see what happens in Houston on Saturday. But how about all four of the wild card series? They all were two game sweeps. Well, no one. There was when you when you win the first game, you have a tremendous advantage because now the other team, the team that lost, panics, and they have to be, bring everybody they can out of the bullpen, and then you have managers over managing exactly like Schneider did when he took Barrios <laughs> out after, like, what, three and two-thirds innings. And the guy was just sailing along. Well, for those of us who have seen Barrios pitch, the Twins, he was, when he was with us, he's a very hot and cold pitcher. Right. Like, he just, he, sometimes he has it, sometimes he doesn't. He had it yesterday. He was on, oh, the, tw yeah. the Twins were confused. They were not making good contact. 
And then he, he pitches around Lewis, which is totally defensible. Yeah. And then the, the manager he, yanks under he, three innings. He issues a seven-pitch walk to the most dangerous hitter on the team, and the manager comes out. He was good for two more innings easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so he, but he had his stuff. He, like Brios. Oh, you know, no, yeah. He, he, that was, and what's funny is very rarely is social media right about anything. <laughs> but uh, on social media, Everybody from Toronto, Minnesota, national people were like, "Yeah, he shouldn't have done that." Yeah, uh, that was that was a mistake. Yeah, that's and the so, kind of thing that that you know could get. I, I'm just looking over Doug when I say this, but could get okay. a guy fired. I, I knew you were going. <laughs> I, I didn't there. mean to trigger you, but no, that's fine. <laughs> so no, that was uh, but that was good. and then that that play by Correa, the pickoff move with Oh, Ray, that was brilliant. Just it, it reminded me of uh, in. Again, 87 again. Shit, I must be old. I just keep referencing old things. <laughs> but that's how long it's been since there's been good sports news. And yeah, it was Minnesota. 70 then, so don't, uh, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but in 80, do you remember when uh, Gaetti picked off and Laudner picked off Daryl Evans at third base in Detroit? No, but um, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> so, no, that was a great play where you know, Daryl Evans from the Tigers, would ha- he was you know slow, but he would hop off a third base. He had this little dance. Oh, yeah, yeah I do remember that. Yeah, and then uh, Laudner uh, saw the sign. They picked him off. and got, oh, Yeah. So it was a, you know. And, you know, when, when Guerrero got picked off second, I, I just loved the look on his face. It, it just told the whole story. There was a man within an instant had lost all hope. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't leaving the field. No, he wasn't leaving. No, the he field. was laying there, waving his hand like somehow he was gonna be Superman and reverse the course right. of time and yeah, go back. No, I, I thought was... he was gonna, you know, pull a political thing and say, "I'm staying here. I'm not moving." That's right. Yeah, I was actually safe. No, you were. You he were was out. a yeah. he was a uh, <laughs> baseball called denier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's, was, right. that's yeah. right. Wanted, wanted to appeal the decision. The game's yeah. right. to a higher ref. And who knows if it was, if it was in Toronto? Maybe he could have had some guys come out of the, you know. Come out and start threatening the umpires or something like that. I mean, it worked in D.C. so well. Oh, man. It was sweet, though. I, and I'm not a Twins fan. I'm not a fan of any one team, unless I'm betting on them. But you I will any- say, I, you know, I, I did bet on the Twins both games. Okay. Because I just thought they had better pitching. And, and you know, Toronto's nothing special. But you always, you always wonder, though, you'd have to wonder if the Twins could win in the postseason. Not, and not just because they hadn't won in, in you know, since – what was it, 21 years? Is that it? Yes. Yep. yep. It was 21 years. 31. It, but 1991, right? Yeah, that yeah. was 31 years yeah. ago. Well, I'm not oh, talking about when ago. they last won a playoff game. I think, it was, I think it was 04. Yeah. 04 or 05. Mm. It's yeah. one of the yeah. two, yeah. So, but, but the thing is, you know, this is a totally different situation. That there are, they've got, when you, when you have two good pitchers, everything changes. There were so many starting pitchers in baseball who got hurt this year that any team that was left with two really solid pitchers has they do have a huge advantage now houston has two really good pitchers so that's pretty even there so do you do you got any action in terms of bets on the world series at all or not uh, no i didn't make any future book bets uh there's so much juice there it's a it's a terrible bet so here's what i did not that you're asking but i'll tell you anyways mm-hmm. um so Early on in the season, to me, it looked like the Twins were going to be the only team that could, that really wanted to win their division. Mm. Um, and so I put a bunch of money down on the Twins to win the World Series with the full intent that I'm going to hedge against them in the playoffs. Sure. And so that's where um, that's where I'm at right now, and I just have to decide how much I want to hedge against it. But I got mm. um, throughout the season, I bought them. the The best odds I got were 35 to one. 
that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, down to 28. And it's, the math just works. That yeah, even because well, you're going to be in the next, you figure you're going to be in the, you know, right, you, so, you win two games. Right, so the biggest, the the you know, for me for a while there, I thought like they had a chance at being the second best record and getting a wild card by yeah. when the AL West fell apart. But so for me, the hardest decision was do I hedge in the wild card round? And thank goodness there was never an elimination game, so I right. didn't have to do that. So now... That's my big decision now going against Houston is do I bet series, do I bet games, and how much do I do? I have but. an interesting question. It's interesting that this came up because I don't know anything about gambling, but we have a mutual friend, Kurt Brown. He used mm -hmm. to write. Kurt and I went to college together, and he posted something on Facebook. He put $4 at the beginning of the season on the Twins to win the World Series. Mm. And now he's getting, and I don't know what the gambling services is, but if you want to cash out, we'll give you 12 right now. Right. Oh, so yeah. is that the some, way it works? Yeah, some of them do. It's um, pretty rare, but there are, there are those opportunities, yeah. I, I, the way I feel, having gambled on sports for about 40 years now, um, I look back and I would, I, my advice to people would be never hedge. See, that's, it's fascinating you say that because I am the exact opposite. I am like it's it's not about the money. Is it, you think it's a political thing? No, no, It's about winning. Hey, he's right? he's used to he he reaches across the aisle. Absolutely, so. and uh, the so but for me, like I don't expect the Twins to win the World Series, but there was going to be a team coming out of their division, mm. and the odds were so long that just mathematically, you're locked into some sort of profit. So for me, I just view it as. Like, I, I view it as I'm going to win something. It's just a matter of yeah. how much do I want to do. When you can get 35x uh, on your bet, that's what... So it's interesting you say that because I, uh, I probably overhedge, but I, I, it's, just, it's about winning. Well, right? being a horse player, the one thing I know is that you cannot, you cannot play the horses for, you know, like 35 years as I have. You can't do it without hitting things big. You need to make that that you know one hundred and twenty dollar to win horse. You need to win that pick pick six that pays thirty thousand dollars. Those are the things that will sustain you, and right. then you will lose on basically with every other bet. So it's all about that one big hit. So, but that's looking back. I mean, that's that forward thinking. Not not when I was younger. No, you're not younger either. But you're a lot younger than me. But the point is. If you look back and you can see that, you start thinking, "Eh, I'm not going to hedge here, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet a horse that pays seven to five. You know, you're always looking for that score. See, it's I only bet on the uh, corgi racing at Canterbury, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know the bet. You know, I know dogs. One of the most popular days there. The yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a riot. I and I always hedge too on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> got to hedge on the corgis. Who's got the shortest legs? Yeah. yeah the uh, so you know <laughs> earlier this year you had, and again it's. I respect what you're saying, Mike, but the uh, earlier this year we had this situation where Oregon was playing Colorado. Oh, yes. And it was one of these sports contests where you see them about once every two or three years where there was so the betting public was so wrong betting on Colorado, yeah. the sports books could not appropriately price Oregon. So they were a 21.5-point favorite. They were supposed to be, uh, and they should have been like about a minus 1,500 on the money line, which means... You know, you have to bet fifteen hundred dollars to win a hundred. Yeah, that's what they should have been. Right. But in reality, um, they had to price them at seven hundred or eight hundred. Right. And so, for me, I look at something like that as, like, I'm winning. I'm beating the system. You know, but that's a once every. Well, couple and of also, years also a lot of times when you when you say, oh, the the 
the casinos made a big mistake here. No, no, that's that's you about to make a mistake. Right. It's a, you got to trust the line most of the time. It's pretty accurate, but that you're right. That was one of those times. Well, look, the Twins uh, opened uh, as uh, they, the for the second game. The Twins the, the line was my, Twins minus one twenty two because I know because that's when I bet it and it went to one forty five. So that's a big deal, you know. Everybody was on the Twins, and they were right there. Yeah, and it's uh, the case with Oregon, of course. The reason why that was so strange was because there was so much money on the underdog that they have risk management guidelines. They, they could not price the favorite the way that the, they wanted to. There'd just be too much, they'd have too much exposure. But it was just, right. uh, you know, the one before, like, remember when Merriweather fought uh, uh, McGregor? Oh, sure, yeah. When they, uh, two, you know, two was, great guys, by the way. So, I'm sorry to ruin the joke, but Dad's actually gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was. Dang it! Gosh, once again, Tom gets us. He, got, he gets us to get ourselves. That's, Ironically, he got the last one. He did. He got uh, I did that once to him on the, on the old studio. That was like was five, down. six years no, ago. No, that was ten yeah. years ago because we were in the little room. Oh, that's and right. And he was in Florida. Yeah. And yep. we broke for break. I said, hey, let's fuck with Tom. When we come back, don't everybody just shut up and he'll, repeat, he'll think that there's an equipment failure. And he just went ballistic. Yeah, he <laughs> does not like equipment failure. Not a fan. And one thing that you, you learn quickly about radio guys, they are just programmed to fill any more than a second of dead air. So if there's any break at all, he'll yeah, just, yep. he won't even notice that he's doing it because I'll do that to him every I bet. once in a while. Mm -hmm. Kind of fills well, in the silence boredom, right? For radio? That's right, yeah. That makes well, sense. Well, it, there's also um, a thing that people not in the radio biz no, don't know is that they actually have alarms that will start blaring if they detect more than like two or three seconds oh, yeah, of uninterrupted right. silence. Yeah. Now, like, we, we never like, had like that. Like screaming alarms? Engineer booth, yeah, there's alarms that are going to go off. And they're going to be like, warning, warning, silence. It's like, <laughs> so these these radio hosts are like, I cannot let that happen. They're like, it's kind of like that FEMA alert we got the other day. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, one, that's what I was It's kind of like that. They just jam. That was, a, that was annoying. I thought so. It's, yeah. I have all the alerts turned off on my phone. They have, they had no right to do that to my phone. Yeah, so if I understand it right, if your phone is on do not disturb, it still goes off. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I think well, yeah, but if there's a, a section where you can go on the phone. And you can say, I want amber alerts, I do, I, but I don't want gray mm -hmm. alert or silver alerts. I want, you know, uh, weather alerts. All my alerts are off. I don't want any alerts, and it still went off. I'd want an, I'd want the alert. If the nukes are coming in, I'm going to drive as fast as I can to downtown Minneapolis. I don't, I don't want to be around after. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to know. I want to live in ignorance. Like, yeah. hey, Do you really? I'm going to have a nice tan for about one-tenth of one second, and that's going to be it. What's right? that really bright light over there? <laughs> Go to TomBernardShow.com keyword prize to enter the Pick Your Prize Contest. You could win one of 14 prizes, each worth $10,000. Like $10,000 in home improvements from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Or a LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens and a fantastic vacation. Or a two-year lease on a 2024 Kia from Loopy and Kia. For a complete prize list, go to TomBernardShow.com keyword prize. Enter daily now. Qualifiers selected daily starting March 18th. And one lucky finalist will pick their prize. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. 
Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now. Stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With my Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my fellow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. No, but isn't it interesting the technology involved there? That like here you are, you have your phone, you mm-hmm. say, I do not want to be notified. And it's like the technology companies and the government eh. are like, no, we're, we're going to notify yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't want the microphone on. I oh. programmed it to let them know about Crash and Burn. The whole country is <laughs> right. going to know. And you should appreciate that. Well, Just, like, what was, was it like um, Hawaii? Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. In Hawaii, someone accidentally sent out an alert that was like, warning, nuclear missile strike. Yeah, that's right. It was supposed to be a test, but they sent out the actual alert. And I've seen a picture of the interface they used to test and send out the alerts. It's one of the worst interfaces anyone would have made that mistake. It's like if you resize it just right, it lines up so it says, like, test missile alert. But you're actually clicking on send missile alert. Oh wow! Really, you really I, have to like be careful with that sort of thing. You're all, you can't tell an entire state that they're about to die without <laughs> so having I, some repercussions. Yeah, it's always got to be a big red button. That's right. right. The yeah, big exactly. shiny red button. A, it says yeah, don't touch. Yes, don't over touch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Two I, people involved. I had a, a friend of mine who actually lives in our neighborhood. Her and her husband were in Hawaii when that happened. Right, they got the notification, and the reaction was exactly what you would expect for most people, which was, "Huh, I wonder what that means." Yeah. Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Nope, nope. They said people were like, "Huh, oh well." They just put the phone back down. Like people were in restaurants and stuff. Like it's yeah, hard to believe, I would think, because it's like, first off, who's going to nuke Hawaii? I mean, aside from well, well see, <laughs> I grew up in the in the yeah, '60s, and we had those civil defense drills all the time. And there was some weird, perverse thinking that went like this: Well, first they'll take out New York and Washington, and then they'll get Billings, whatever town you lived in was mm-hmm. going to be number three, because Billings, Montana, is where they make the ball bearings for the tanks. Yeah, so we're third to die. The, every <laughs> yeah, every city had like some we're part of the war for real. That's I swear. right. 
Yeah, people would brag about what, what position they were, right. you know, which wave of, of, of nukes. We're right behind Washington. We drink so much beer that the aluminum cans can be made into take That's right. tanks at five a day. Well, I was like, that stuff about North Dakota, if they seceded from the Union, they'd be the world's third largest nuclear power. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's, yeah. all the missiles are there. Mm -hmm. but it's the actual, hate Williston, the, I tell you. Yeah, the actual oh. message was ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. Yeah. This is not a drill. Mm -hmm. And I suppose, you know, if you're on the beach in Waikiki and you see it, you're Where like, am I going to go? Like, it's like, it's too goes, late. Yeah, it's too late. Whatever. Well, and also, we're so inundated with warnings and, yes. you know, danger stickers all over everything. People just start ignoring them. I absolutely. It's, it's where, absolutely happening. I can tell you where they take it seriously. I spent a little time in Israel in a previous job. Well, yeah, Israel's a little different. <laughs> and I was, we were talking to some people in Tel Aviv because they have... They have all these shelters in every building. Their walls this thick and steel reinforced. Mm -hmm. and I was talking to this guy, and I said, "So when the missile alert goes off and they fire up the Iron Dome, pretty much, how much time do you have to try to seek shelter?" And he goes, eh, "About 15 seconds." I'm like, holy shit! Wow. But they're they're so used to it because they grew because it up, happens. They grew up that way. Plus, well, you know, my people are very fast. There is a historical precedent there for your people when they hear someone is after them to believe the alert. Mm, yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We get out the slingshot and uh, and we run. So um, I was thinking about um, this. We were talking about the, like false alarms and people not believing them and stuff. So we had this problem down in southern Minnesota on Interstate 35. With uh, they had all these fatalities with the road construction they're doing down there, mm. and they've got signs and blinking lights everywhere, like saying, "Hey, you know, traffic is going to be stopping. It's narrowing down to one lane. Do the zipper merge." You know, all literally flashing lights, and they just had keep people just barreling into stopped cars in front of them because they're not they're not paying attention. They're no, they're sending on. a text. Yeah, right. I mean, but like people are just ignoring the warnings because we have. Yeah. We become, for various reasons, we excessively warn people. And all, so these, all these people it. are looking at their phone while they're driving, and that's just the Uber drivers. I know. <laughs> you got to right. trick them and say, like, big sale coming up. Right. Know, like, like, slow down. Flat screens, for, $50 yeah, yeah. off. Free TVs. <laughs> on, the other hand, what? on the other hand, last summer, I was, I was on Excelsior Boulevard, this big stretch, and there was a huge jam. Cars went back for miles. And you never move more than like one car length at a time. And in the middle of this, every now and then, there's a, there's a road construction worker holding up a sign that says, slow. I, I was going so fast. Thank God you're here. <laughs> I, that's, I that's had no waste. idea. Now, now, that's the taxpayer dollar being mm. wasted. No way. That's the job I always wanted. If I was in construction, was the guy that can do slow and then spin it to stop, spin it to stop. and then just mess. And then you get to control that car can that's Can you imagine weighted. doing that for eight hours? So I, much no, power, though. I was just thinking yes. that, like, yesterday we drove by one of those people, and it's like... He's not on his phone or anything. He's literally just like standing there, looking uh, off at the horizon, waiting for the signal to switch the thing. Forty hours a week. It's like God, that's got to be one of the worst jobs on earth. I don't know. Sounds awesome to me. No responsibility. Yeah. You're getting paid no matter what. Stare at the sun, think about what you're gonna do for the weekend. It's true. Get, get, a, get a nice tan. Yeah, but yeah. just just think about having that job, say in Florida, when it's uh, 115 degrees outside <laughs> or, and you're getting paid six dollars an hour. Or Minnesota during the winter. Yeah. And you're getting paid any amount because it's not enough. No, it isn't.
Well, I think in Florida it's better to hold the sign than to be walking behind the uh, asphalt truck with a shovel. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Steaming uh, hot asphalt. Oh, yeah. Well, it's actually cool compared to the rest of the older asphalt at that point in the summer. Yeah, well, in Minnesota we don't build roads anyways. We're too busy shoveling money into these trains that no one wants to ride. And, oh, you know, here we go. Getting <laughs> here we, made it for, we made it half an hour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because that's what we need right now is we need a train from St. Paul to Duluth. Yes. That's right. That's what we're spending. Yeah. You know, never mind the fact that you can drive up there, or if you don't have the money or a car, you can take a bus. No, we're gonna build a we're gonna build a train because somebody went to Germany and saw mm-hmm. that it worked there. Never mind the fact that Germany's got 80 million people and we're a state of five and a half million. And plus, you don't really want to encourage anyone to go to Duluth. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, our economy is struggling enough here in the city. <laughs> have you guys been to Duluth lately? Yeah, no, it's cool. I liked it. No, like, have you, it, been, have you been downtown? Yeah. yeah. We went a year ago. So I'm not talking Canal Park. I'm talking oh. downtown. No, I, yeah, we were all over the place. We, um, my wife's best friend grew up there, so she took us to all these different places. So they've got just a slight, and I'm being sarcastic here, they've got a massive drug homeless problem. Oh, God, yeah. Problem. Absolutely. Is it really? Oh, it is. You just don't look at them, though. Okay, well. <laughs> the, they well, no, then they don't exist. No, exactly. It, I mean, is it fair I to say like, when I was there? Not my I mean, this was like we're talking Chicago level problems. It, no, I we went to Duluth probably eight nine years ago, something like that. It was real bad then. Last year, I didn't notice too much, so I think it's improving. And well, you know, drugs are thing. getting there from the train, or how are how did they get up there? <laughs> well, there's how no the train yet, train. so they're walking up the tracks to they, deliver. They it. came out of the mines. I think that's what how happened. can you be homeless in Duluth? That's that, a tough city. Yeah, you'd think well, you'd just like kind of die over yeah. the winter. But but keep this in mind, if you if you read any article these days about like okay with with uh, with all the climate problems with everything else, what's the best place in America? What's the place that's most most uh, most likely to survive all this? It's Duluth. People are being told go to Duluth. Yeah, and it's weird that it's not happening. It's yeah, not yeah. Happening. people are actually going to Florida, Texas, yeah. Tennessee. Oh well, yeah, they're I mean, not, like, they're not. for me personally, and I, you know, there's this huge shift taking place in the country, right, of people moving, like self-sorting for various reasons, and the places where people are moving to tend to be places where insurance companies are leaving. Yeah, which is just like to me, that's you talk about the that, that does not seem like it's in alignment. But like in Minnesota. You know, we should be a state that's prospering and benefiting and having people move here. We're not. We're a negative. We're now a negative population migration well, why, state. Why should why should be, be prospering? But I'm not sure what. Why do you deserve to prosper? Well, no, I think, no, no, so I don't if, say if, that. If, if, think about, know, so think about, think about the game changer COVID was, uh-huh. right? So now you got a bunch of people that figured out they can work from anywhere. So the amenities that we naturally market to people are good parks. Uh, you can go fishing, you know, okay. wildlife. You can come to Minnesota and have those benefits and still make high taxes. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the, yeah, the ta- so I'm saying, I'm telling you what it should be Shitty and what it winters. is. Long, <laughs> long life expectancy. Yeah. Who I mean, wants that? Who wants crime, to be alive when crime, they're 85? High well, no, crime so, downtown area. And again, as a as a lifelong Minnesotan, like I'm telling you, like aspirationally, what we should be, and then yeah. there's what is happening. Mm-hmm. So oh, I'll, okay. give, so I'll give you like a frame of reference, not to. You guys cut me off. You want to talk about something else interesting? But the so every year the IRS publishes data on migration, 
Because the IRS knows where everyone is because they need to know where you are to get your money. Yeah, if anyone's going to know where any, anyone is, it's the yeah. IRS. And so you would expect that places like Texas, Florida, you know, they're going to do really well, right? We're just less tolerant of cold weather. People retire. So if you compare Minnesota to Wisconsin, right, similar demographics, similar size state, mm -hmm. Wisconsin lost $63 million in migration. So that means you add up the people who move in, you subtract the people who leave. They lost $63 million of income. So, yeah. Minnesota lost one and a half billion. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So like this is income tax. This is adjusted like sales gross, tax, adjusted gross income. Okay. So just top line, what's their AGI? Right. And again, people can dispute why it's happening or how it's happening, but right now we're in a situation where people are denying it's happening, and yeah. den denial is a really shitty response to a bad problem. But, but it's also very Minnesotan. So yeah. there's that. So like we are. I mean, again. I love Minnesota. I've lived here my whole life. There's a lot of good things about it, but we are trending the wrong way. Well, also we have, I mean, the, the population just keeps getting older and older. That was, that was my question. So a lot of those people are in Minnesota, and they're moving to warmer places. Yeah, but Wisconsin isn't, like, younger than us. They're yeah. not warmer than us. I wonder, actually. No, they're just stupid, that's all. No, I mean, Wisconsin's, <laughs> a, little, Wisconsin's a little bit bigger than us. We, are, we do tend to be wealthier than Wisconsin, so mm -hmm. you would expect right. more seniors to live. Uh, to um, to be able to afford to migrate, have the second home, and go elsewhere, and it's a complicated problem. But right now, the biggest problem, in my perspective, we have is we can't even get people to acknowledge it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's like we are bleeding people money and investment. Now, we don't suck as bad as Illinois, thank God. We don't have that going for us, you know. But we're definitely on the pathway to get some of the policy outcomes you're seeing in Illinois, and that's not that's not a good thing. And yeah, it's easy for me to rip the shit out of the Democrats and say they're the problem, but the real problem is we used to do a better job in this state of having balance yeah. and working together, and now we've kind of been we've been hijacked. Well, and I'm glad that as a Republican you're saying this because I'm hoping you can get a lot of the Republicans in Minnesota to move. <laughs> well, that, well, that's you know, in all seriousness, you yeah, have who to, do you think is moving? Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, from the political side of things, you know. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you see so many on the left being indifferent to it. If that, if economic stagnation is the price we have to pay to have a more politically blue liberal state, that's a price they're willing to pay. Mm. And well, I mean, I, as I say, I, I do recommend you read some of the stories that they're published in the last couple of days in the Washington Post because it's a good investigative piece. They put a lot of numbers together, and the conclusion is that people in in red states, especially in the South. They're, they ain't living very long these days. Right, but that's not new. That's because they have unhealthy just, lifestyles. This is true. They, they, they're yes, predominantly but also, over... also much worse health care, and that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. Also an indifference to, to a lot of the things that are, that are killing people. So, and, you know, it's like, it's like a, I remember it was the, the, the governor of, it might have been Louisiana, and they were asking the guy about why so many people why the per capita deaths uh, from COVID were so high there. And he said, well, it's because we believe in God. It's like, well, can't what? wait to meet him. The governor of Louisiana is a Democrat, so that might be another state. But um, Is he really? <laughs> he is. Well, I mean, it's like a... Sort of. Right. He's not a dino, is he? But no, like they, you look at these states, and you're absolutely right about their life expectancy and stuff like that, but it's because they're over, they tend to be overweight. Mm -hmm. They don't exercise enough. They right. eat like shit. Like th those predispositions, along with age, are what primarily drove things. Yeah. And, I'm, and just to be clear, I heard you're like I'm vaccinated, you know, for COVID. I got that, but there's an entire there's 
I think the vast majority of Americans would look and say, the idea that you should be fired from your job because you got uh, you refused to get the COVID vaccine, like that's not the proper role of government. We're not talking about smallpox mm-hmm. here or something like that. But again, it's but, my, but, my yeah. point is that Minnesota right now, like we have to do a better job being balanced, not having uh, a small number of people make a bunch of decisions for our state. But but you know, getting back to comedy, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it is interesting that if that the states where you have the most what, what can only be called religiosity, people going to church more often, more people attending church, more people who believe in, in God, these are the states uh, that that's a factor because these people are saying, hey, I don't, so COVID kills me. I, you know, it doesn't matter. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I, I got a place waiting for me. Uh, I, it is a factor. My gut tells me that Minnesota has fairly high church attendance. Yeah, that's what yeah. I that's what I was going to mm, well, say. They're just uh, Lutherans. They're just quiet. About <laughs> yeah, like we, we, exactly. we practice like we just don't like talking well, about the Lutherans, that. The Lutherans don't even count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone named Larson or Anderson, right. I just throw them out. Okay. Yeah, I, I just it's just like you know where they they like in Florida where they anyone named Muhammad was stricken from the from the voter rolls you know right. or Jones it didn't really matter Washington yeah same thing but but actually it is the southern states uh, states the, the the states that would be considered to be uh, where, where they would have the most religiosity. Uh, Louisiana, I think, is number one. They're number one in almost everything, you know, out of Yeah, work. but the religion they practice there is voodoo. <laughs> well, that's a certain segment, yes. And they only do that for the tourists. But really. they make great food, so it's, it's okay. Yeah. Minnesota is uh, fairly religious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the Lutheran state. I just I mean, don't trust states where they don't bury their dead. <laughs> just, that's my problem with them. So I, not all about the cremation. Yeah. No, no, no. I meant like in, like they had the crypts because like the the, the, yeah. the, oh, the water, water table in Louisiana. Right, yeah. So they yeah. they put they bury them above or they don't bury them. They just put them in cover them in gasoline and building. Yeah, the, yeah. It, it, just, it happens. No, that's not just not me. But I'd be curious. I mean, where do you guys think Minnesota's going? You guys have lived here a while. Where well, do you... you're asking the wrong people. Like you know, I mean, we we have hardcore Republicans here. So go ahead, though. I'm a, I'm a Democrat, but yeah, I, there, I, uh, there yeah, you go. I enjoy it. It seems like it's going in the right direction for where I am. I live in Richfield, Minnesota. It's been my neighborhood's great. Yeah, and, uh, first ring suburb that yeah. works. Yeah, I walk over to where my uh, boomer parents bought the house in Edina that I can't afford to live, but I'm in, right. I get to use their facilities, yeah. and I live in my house and. Uh, yeah, no, I like I well, I don't know I like all the social programs are, are getting better, but it does I think it, it is too polarized and we need to right. to, yeah. to discuss. Well, it is polarized everything. because it is true that liberals will give you one answer and conservatives will give you the other. Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's uh, both parties have record numbers of crazy people right now. Yeah, can, yeah. can, can I say something no, here? Can I, you know, you know what really grinds me is that people who supported the lockdowns during the pandemic still call themselves a liberal. Well, what went on during the pandemic is the most illiberal thing that has ever happened in my entire life. You are no longer allowed to call yourself a liberal. You are a leftist. It's it's fascinating. And this to is me a rightist saying that we're no longer able to call ourselves a leftist. <laughs> what? So, to me, what's I mean, fa- you know, this is not going to solve the problem. Is all I'm saying. And what, but we're the no, same. I, I, it, it bugs me. It bugs me. It's like, oh no, you can't leave. You have to close down your business. You have to stay in your house because I'm a liberal. Well, it's, wor- it's worse it's, than that, though. I'm sorry. That grinds me. Keep, keep but as a policymaker, I saw this firsthand, right? 
So the same people telling us that we had to close down churches and neighborhood hardware stores said the liquor stores were going to stay open and Target and the one big that box really retailers could stay open. The one that really ground my gears was his buddy with a candy store out yeah. in whatever. It's like... Yeah. What? It's like... No, and, and I think... Tim! The, the reason the reason why in I think in Minnesota people still talk about this is you can't find anywhere else in the country where you had such totally different policies than the Twin Cities in Western Wisconsin. Yeah, right. It's yeah. so like usually like states broke down uh, in different policies, but they were physically geographically separated. In this case, it was I mean it was a joke, right? Like I went to Hudson for dinner, everyone did, right? <laughs> like so you had this. Oh, when I'm hungry, I always go to Hudson. Right, but I mean, you, you couldn't go to dinner in Minnesota was the point, <laughs> right? So people saw, like, on the other side of the river, people living. There were, it's not like there was an epidemic of dead Wisconsinites. And they, people asked themselves, well, why did this happen? And that, that's the concerning part. I think that's why it sticks with a lot of us. And I think it's not the only, but I think it is a factor in why people are leaving. Because yeah. the way their fellow citizens... Just were like, oh yeah, the liquor store can stay open, but you can't go to church. Or the hardware, the small town hardware store has to close, but Target gets to stay open. Yeah. Why? Because somebody said so. Mm -hmm. Well, over, you know, over over the years, I've seen and, and heard about a lot of very wealthy Minnesotans moving to Florida because you know that's for all there's no income tax and all that. But I also hear about a lot of these people, and I know I know a few who came back because healthcare was so shitty in Florida. Yeah, I can. I mean, again, so you know, there are pluses and minuses here. Sure, and that's and that's why, like, when it comes to the cult, our culture is less tolerant to cold weather than it used to be. So if you look back at yeah. like, long-term demographic pressures, right around when air conditioning got created, the population started moving more south and east. Yeah, yeah. Just, like it happened. Yeah. Right. But when we compare ourselves to our peers, we are bleeding more people and money, and it's not an easy problem to describe, and it's not an easy one to solve. But, like, there was a story in the Star Tribune a couple months ago about the number of college-age kids that are leaving Minnesota. You know, I think back to, like, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. you know, Minnesota, someone, you just went to a person randomly in the country and said, what do you know about Minnesota? They'd be like, well, Prince, you know, the Twins won the World Series, Kirby Puckett's kind of a cool place. Mm -hmm. Now you go to people, just a random person, go, what do you know about Minnesota? Oh, it's cold, George Floyd. It's just yeah. not, it's not cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, like, it's a serious branding issue uh, for our state, so it's um, it's something that I, I love this state, and I realize this is a buzzkill when I talk about this, but it just it's something that it worries me, and you know, I'd say the but majority of states have bad branding, though, if you think about it. Yeah, like Rhode that's, Island. That's the What do any of us know about Rhode Island except for Doug? Except <laughs> for that it's small. Did you see that? Did you see that meme where they asked uh, artificial intelligence yes, to do I did. a picture of every single state? Mm -hmm. no. it's just, it's just wonderful. <laughs> Minnesota is, co of course, all bundled up. I think they're on the ice, ready to ice fish. Cause is it Hoth? The frozen moon of Hoth. Pretty close, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Florida, of course, is the Florida man. Yep. And uh, uh, Wisconsin, they're uh, they're they're fat and drinking cheese beer. And beer and yep. Cheese and beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, be, you need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. 
Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. But, like, as the oceans rise, because they are rising. No, it's gonna they're, be... they're rising eight inches every century. Uh, well, Still rising. Like more like four inches in the last 10 years. So no, that, but that's no, you're, no, you're wrong. So, so the, eight, <laughs> inches, eight inches in the past 150 yeah, years. Yeah, but what so about th- the last 10 years where it's been hotter than it's ever been in like no, the last not. 200 years? No, no, it is oh, not. Oh, here hold we hold get the best you, know what, you know what? The thermometers weren't that good 200,000 years Here's ago. Here's the best it's metric true. of there's a problem, okay? Mm-hmm. In Miami, they have what's called king tides, right? So it, What's that? A king tide. So they have oh, okay. high tide, low tide, and then sometimes when the, the sun, sun and the moon, moon are together, lined up, yeah. you have a super high tide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mia- tides, so tides Miami. Are higher on a full moon. Yep. Right. So yep. so Miami mm-hmm. used to experience, you know, in daylight, or just or just you know, sunlight, no rain. They would have some flooding during these these king tides, right? Well, they're having a lot more flooding now. And that's just happening. No one's imagining the floods that the parking ramps are getting. And again, I'm not. I'm a conservative. So I'm but not is that gonna... is that because the ocean's coming up or Miami's going down? Because it's all built on limestone. Could be so, both. I mean, it yeah. Is, yeah. Right. But you, it's so that's a piece of data where it's. I feel it's not called compaction, but like when you start draining the water table below it. Yeah. The exactly. ground mm-hmm. sinking, right? Yeah. The, Miami's sinking. It's right. like the ocean. Ocean came up eight inches, 150 years. That's not a crisis. And as far as the temperature, it's only gone up two degrees in the past in the past 150 so, years. This rem- is all a catastrophe. You don't think two You don't think two degrees is much, huh? No, you don't like, see a trend there. No, 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 it's no like, trend. No, no, it's like mm-hmm. it's like moving no. from Madison to Minneapolis. Let me remind you that I'm on your side, okay? So just, <laughs> me, just before we go into this, but but keep in mind, like the there is no rational basis to say we can put an endless amount of CO2 and methane into the atmosphere. I'm with you when when people start doing dumb stuff, saying we should spend a ton of money and it doesn't really reduce a lot of pollution and it's more about self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. It's got to be science-based, but you cannot, you can't put 40 billion tons of CO2 into the atmosphere every year and not have an impact. Yeah, I'm very anti-pollution, but I'm not pro-green policy per se. Well, you're anti-stupid. Like reduce, yeah, reduce, reduce the most amount of pollution at the lowest amount of price. It's like exactly, and that's right. it's it's interesting how few politicians seem to want to do that in particular. Well, they the want more subsidies for manufacturing well, right. temporary solutions. And it depends where their work. money's coming from. Well, exactly. This, and look at so look what's happened now with the you know and the Democrats they passed this Inflation Reduction Act thing. Mm-hmm. So there's massive subsidies going into building electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Where are all the plants taking getting built? Yeah, in it, the it, South. It's yeah, Tennessee, Georgia, That's where the North Carolina. Well, it's because well, it's where you can build shit. Well, yeah. you can actually like, try in Minnesota. No, they're getting away from the UAW is what they're doing. Well, well that's well. part yeah. of it, but they can also get shit done. So in Minnesota, like we're running out of nickel right now. There's one nickel mine in the United States. It's in Michigan, and it's about to run out. Well, that's because, you know, who, who's got nickels in their pocket? Ah. <laughs> but you need it for these electric vehicles, well, of right? Course, yeah. So if you're going to tell yeah. people you want electric vehicles, you're going to need more nickel. Well, Minnesota's got a huge nickel deposit. The federal government is giving a company $100 million to take the mine, take the earth underground, 
put it on rail cars and ship it to North Dakota because mm-hmm. they can't. You cannot build anything in Minnesota. You know, that's stupid. That's a sort of stupidity. And you can't build anything. You're saying because people make too much money. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Because we have permitting we have and regulations here. No, because we have permitting and regulations that are defaulting towards no. But then tr- North Dakota protects us with all the missiles that they have. At yeah, least. Exactly. Or at least we're making them happy. Probably, they, could, they could easily take the, 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 the mining We're stuff. probably better off having our nickel plant protected by nuclear weapons right. as opposed to sitting isolated in Minnesota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going to solve everything is if the Twins win the World Series. Walk <laughs> to this yep. state. Yep. And then people will and be then, coming back. And then the Vikings, they're going to take over. Just yeah, watch. Maybe not. These, no, we're good. It's yeah, fine. Okay, right. <laughs> it's the Gosh, decade of Minnesota, it's, I swear. It's coming. <laughs> 32 years since we've won one of the four major sports championships. Mm-hmm. 32 years. Wow. I have never been a sports fan in my life, and I have a feeling that's partially why. There's just no real reason to be under a certain age. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I'm just glad to see the Twins win. That's good news. Yeah. They're, right. uh, technically, it's the best they've done in uh, well over a decade. So, hey, the and, optimism and it- is uh, warranted for once. And I will say this, I mean, I, I can certainly reach across the aisle because, you know, we got Republicans now, a few of them, one in this room, who's trying to make it legal for us just to make a few sports bets. Yeah, no shit. And, I mean, we were supposed to have this. Yeah, how is that going, by the way? That's not going anywhere. It's not. It's just no. dead in the water. You were so close, I think, Wait, a half ago. Sports betting isn't legal here? And, no, uh, and uh, we've been sitting here talking about sports gambling for half the <laughs> well, We've been pe- talking about illegal activity. Too, well, people do find a way to ban- gamble on sports. Well, especially with technology. I mean, the technology makes you know. it a lot easier. There is, you know, but but all that money, all that all that money is going like, you know, five thousand miles away from us. Right. And so it's just stupid. Let's grab some of that money. Yeah, and plus you want to protect consumers, but it's just it's um right. There's a debate right now, like. If you engage in sports gambling, you can do it from home, mm-hmm. right? If you've invested millions of dollars on being a destination gambling location, people being able to gamble from home is not exactly in alignment with what your business interests are. Sure. Right. right. And so um, that's part of Then it's always the fight about, well, who's going to make money on this? Yeah. And you can imagine there's some people who want to make money and a lot of people who do want to, you know. Yeah, once the, once the Indians started opening casinos, that was the end of the horse racing industry. It's, it's, there's, there were like five parks around Chicago, and they're all, yeah. they're all gone now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when the, when the racetrack opened, and of course I was there at the time, it was the fantastic. The first year was incredible. The second year was pretty good, and it was great for all of us who actually know how to bet on horse racing because we had all this stupid money coming in from people who live in Minnesota. And then, but by about the third year, then Mystic Light came in. And yeah, that, that was, I won't say it was the beginning of the end, but it was the beginning of a lot more austerity and, and, and the racetrack just wasn't cool anymore. Okay. Well, it takes too long in between the bets, you know. Right. It, well, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a different type. It, of customer. You want that dopamine every time you get the win. Well, it's a different it, type of the, customer. Yeah, right? it's, like, no, it's the same customer. It just, it, it just when it was a racetrack, you made them wait. It's like, oh, you place your bet, and then you wait. Okay, right. I won, and then you know, then you got another twenty minutes before the next one with a slot machine. It's just bam, bam, yeah. right. Bam, well, that's right. Bam. bam. I, I mean, I know a lot of. I don't know a lot, but I know a number of people who are definitely gambling addicts. And uh, and they they just they much prefer slot machines and that kind of thing. Again, it's like they're getting the dopamine every half second. Right. But then again, of course, eventually the dopamine is spent 
it goes away, and those people just are added to. They're, they're, you know, I know a lot of these people. They're, they become terribly depressed. But in, as a depressive, I say, not in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> no, for it's artificial. You guys, you guys who are younger, the, do you the slot machines appeal to you? They interest you, or do you just find no. them as yeah? See, and that's the problem with the industry is the the younger generation just doesn't get. Well, but I'll be sixty-five, and those things depress the shit out. They're of so me. depressing. Oh, you yeah. walk in there, and it's mm-hmm. all these old people just like cigarette in one hand, drink yeah. in the other. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've ne- I've never liked it. The it's problem horrible. is the slot machines have been largely supplanted by uh, gotcha games and loot boxes. Yeah. On, on mobile apps. Oh, sure, yeah. And you get those the same make kind of thing. so much money, and kids as young, uh, well, okay. very underage kids are buying loot boxes. What, uh, explain. I have, so, no, I have no idea what you just said. All right, so <laughs> in a video game in, you know, the before times, you know, when video games were arguably better. I say this as someone who's approaching 40, of course. You kids don't have any good video <laughs> yes, exactly. games. Let me tell it's you. Back when my Super day. Mario Brothers the beginning was new. Of the end. <laughs> no, um, for, for me, it all began. Well, let him, let him finish. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear well, this. I just want to say, it all started and ended with Pong. Right. That's well, all. of course. But so, like, in the old days, you're playing a video game. You get to a hard part, and, you know, you got to get better at it, or you got to go level up or whatever. You get past the hard part. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of mobile games are free to play, but they have these gates in them where you get to a part that's really hard but you really can't do anything about it except for put money into the game and what the money lets you do is draw equipment or characters but you don't know what you're going to get when you draw so you draw 10 times you're going to get like you know nine pieces of crap and you might get that one sword that you need to pass this part but if you don't get that sword what do you do you have to draw again so it's a percent chance of getting this one thing that you need to keep playing the game. And then let's say you get this sword, you beat this boss, what's going to happen five hours later? Exact same thing, except now the sword you need is even rarer and more powerful. So people are putting $500,000 into these games. Well, it's kind of like getting a building permit in Minnesota, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say dating, but... Uh... Well, when he said loot box, I was a little bit worried. He was like a derogatory term for a woman. So I, 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 oh, wow. I know one thing. When I get home, I'm going to cancel my subscription to the racing form. <laughs> All right, guys, we've got just about a minute left. Let's uh, yeah. promote your Crash and Burn show a little bit more. Are tickets available? Who else? Yeah, is yeah. T- I'm tickets. Sorry for the wild distraction. No, that's okay. But... Tickets are available at acmecomedycompany.com or, com or 612-338-6393. And like I said, tonight, uh, uh, after the show, you're going to be able to stick around and see comics actually write material right in front of your very eyes on stage. It's, yeah. uh, 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 Tommy Ryman, of course, is going to be there. Also, we have Liz Mealy. And uh, Derek Hughes has been working on a new magic trick yeah. all week. And it's just been wonderful to watch the magic trick develop. Make the audience disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm usually the, that magician. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, that wraps it up. Thanks, everybody, for coming in to this. Uh, I don't know when we'll have another Car Selling Secrets. So it'll be sometime in the future. Well, uh, you're a free we'll agent now. You can do it whatever you want. Yeah, I could just do it from my house and mm-hmm. just talk to myself. <laughs> Uh, The Tom Bernard Show will be back on the air tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. This is the first week of the new start time. So tune in and be cool. Thanks, everybody. Mm